The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, shout out to all you out there in the posse. Thanks for hanging with me again. I'm Jared and I rap about healthcare transformation. This is the place to be if you want to accelerate that transformation and if you want to be marketing forward. So here's what's going to go down today. We'll kick things off with the flavor of the week about friction. Then we'll welcome this week's guest, Amanda Henson. Then stick around for yet another new segment at the end. What's the 411 featuring Sean Gross. Flavor of the week. The story goes that Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones was once asked in a TV interview how he and Mick Jagger had stayed together so long. Keith took a long drag from his cigarette and muttered two words Friction, baby. I'm not the biggest Stones fan, and as you can tell, I pretty much suck at impressions, but I am an amateur rock trivia nerd, and I once read that Richard's response in that interview is reportedly the inspiration for alternative band Better Than Ezra's sophomore album in 1996, also named, ironically, Friction Baby. And that album happened to spawn two of my favorite songs from my formative years, King of New Orleans and Desperately Wanting. Speaking of desperately wanting, do you know what your customers want? especially in regards to the digital experiences that we create for them. Hint, it's the exact opposite of what supposedly keeps the Rolling Stones together. Your customers want less friction, baby. Sounds simple until you start thinking about how we as marketers have gone about our business for the last few decades. I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say we have made a profession out of adding barriers to the customer experience. We've spent so much time creating friction that it almost isn't in our DNA anymore to reduce it. And then we schedule meetings wondering why consumers don't take the actions we want them to. Think about it. We spend a lot of time designing things that, while they seem great to us and they provide us useful data and info, they get in the way, ultimately, for users. Things like pop-ups, sign-up boxes, overlays, page takeovers, banner ads, pre-roll ads, and redirects. Yet, if you remember the base function of marketing, it's to accomplish things for the people you're trying to serve, to provide products and services that meet their needs. Lately, I've read more and more articles and case studies of senior marketing leaders recognizing the differentiation for their brand that can come through customer experience. And at the heart of creating better digital experiences is eliminating friction. With digital customer experience, I'm talking about things like reducing clicks, integrating backends, personalization, automation, and machine learning. In healthcare, there's yet another layer, another reason for reducing barriers. We are holding people's well-being in our hands. The digital experiences we create in apps, on websites, on social media, on messaging platforms, landing pages, videos, portals, even smartwatches, they either help or hurt people. 
They are more than transactions. The ultimate goal is not just to improve business, it's to make people better and healthier. To connect consumers with the care and the answers that they're looking for. I firmly believe that. With how much easier it is to have a digital experience in other aspects of our lives, from banking to shopping to restaurants, a growing majority of consumers will no longer tolerate digital experiences that are less than ideal. They'll simply abandon the experience, which means we aren't just affecting business, we're affecting lives. So in that regard, I'm challenging healthcare marketers in 2020 to focus on reducing friction. See the link between improving the digital experience and differentiating your brand. Along the way, you might just make healthcare easier, more accessible, more affordable, more convenient, and less scary. So whether your formative years were defined by Better Than Ezra, The Stones, or most likely neither, we can all work to reduce friction, baby. And that's the Flava of the Week. It's time to spread the awesome with today's guest. My guest today, I am so thrilled to speak with her. I've got Amanda Henson on the line. Amanda is a leader in healthcare online reputation management, for those of you who know her. She's the director of online reputation management for Kindred Healthcare. And she was recently participating as a keynote speaker at HCIC at the Healthcare Internet Conference just a couple months ago. And she was on a panel that was discussing online reputation management strategies for today's healthcare organizations. Now, this is one of those topics that is just, there's so much to unpack. So let's start by welcoming you, Amanda. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm, I'm doing really well. How about yourself? I'm doing fabulous. And uh, I'm just glad to have you on here because I enjoyed that keynote. When I was sitting out there in the audience, I'm like, I was, I was feverishly taking notes. And I was one of those who's like, man, like there, there's a lot to this. <laughs> and you can tell uh, how much you've got a, a lot of experience in and understanding like all these nuances that have to do with reputation management. So we were going to dig into that into rap battle, but I want to give you, of course, you know, uh, some time at first to give listeners a little bit more to know about you. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are now? Sure. Thank you. So I have been working in digital media, social media specifically, goodness, for well over a decade. And there's a funny story. I actually got my start blogging um, as, a, as a lifestyle blogger. That's where I kind of got my interest peaked. I was already working in uh, marketing and you know, getting out there and writing online is such a freeing experience that it really got me interested. And it just kind of went from there. I've been with Kindred for years. And I, I like to tell people that I have the unique perspective having been the caregiver for my loved ones, a patient, I'm a cancer survivor. And now I have this, this wonderful opportunity to work with patients and to be able to facilitate the conversations that they're having with their healthcare providers and with um, really being able to do my part to ensure that their journey is as smooth and positive as possible. So if you had to sum it up, how would you describe how being a patient has changed your perspective? You mentioned it, but how do you think that's changed your perspective as uh, somebody who, who's helping manage it? an online reputation for a healthcare organization? I certainly think it gives me, obviously, this unique perspective because being the patient, you, you are experiencing the lack of communication or the, the confusion and all of the feelings uh, that, you know, now that I work in healthcare that I, I utilize, I keep in mind when I am speaking with patients, when I'm communicating with them online, when I'm helping facilitate conversations between our leaders and our patients. I believe it gives me a lot more empathy than I might have otherwise. You know, it certainly gives me a little bit of insight into 
what it feels like at admissions, um, you know, how that can be so confusing at such a rough time. And it allows me to be able to speak to our leaders from a perspective of understanding, I hope, for our patients. Well, I feel like that does come across that way. And that's why I was glad you were able to share a little bit more about that because first and foremost, congrats on beating cancer. Second off, just being able to demonstrate that that empathy, that's, it comes across, it comes very clearly. And so we're going to talk about how that impacts online reputation. And that's going to be the topic of our rap battle today. So let's go ahead and dive into that. Rap Battle! Rap Battle is where we challenge the status quo of healthcare marketing and technology and digital engagement and the way we've been doing things up until now. We know that things are different around us and we don't want to keep marketing things in the same way because it's not effective anymore. And so the Rap Battle is our opportunity to take one piece of it and really dig in and and say, we're going to do things differently. We're going to challenge the way it's been done because it's not working anymore. And I feel like online reputation management has gone through this. We've seen so much. And one of the pieces of when you were on the panel at HCAC, you spoke a lot about some of the building blocks, right? How to respond, how to show empathy when we respond. And maybe that's a good place to start. What are some of the challenges with today's teams that are trying to manage their online reputation? That's a great question. And it is clearly something that I get to play in every day. We are blessed to be able to work with patients, to be able to facilitate these conversations, to be able to listen to them in a way that we have never been able to do before. Ten years ago, we didn't have, as healthcare um, marketers, we didn't have the opportunity to actually talk to our patients, to actually receive real-time feedback in what their perception is about the care that we provide. Because what we put together in our marketing materials, and we have the very best intentions, but the unique perspective of seeing what that patient actually thinks or how they actually read and take in the information that we provide or the communication that we provide or the the care that we provide. That perception is really, it is everything. It's it's what's being, that's the story that's being told online. And, you know, I think one of the unique challenges that we face is that it is really important that we take control of the story as much as we can. The myth is that if we manage our online reputation, we can simply control the story. That isn't entirely true, but it does offer us this opportunity to be able to really get in there and start looking at how we tell both sides of the story. Certainly, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect all the time. But the truth of the matter is that, and at least I hope it is across the board, is that we provide incredible care. Our goal is to provide incredible care to all of our patients, to let their loved ones feel cared for. And when we do that, when we do that and then we we follow up and we start asking for that story, we start encouraging them to leave reviews, we start really working with them, then we have the opportunity to tailor a, or at least be able to communicate a story that might not otherwise be told. I think that that's a challenge because we want to make sure that we are cultivating that portion of the story, but we also want to pay attention to the negative, right? We don't want to get so wrapped up in I only want to tell the positive that we don't tell the truth and that we don't then listen to what's being said. 
you know, I think that that's going to be key for us in the future. And, and as we continue to drive programs, that's going to be a unique challenge is how do we listen and learn from it while also telling our story, telling the story of the care that we truly do provide. Yeah, I remember one point that was brought up on the panel that you participated in was how reputation management is not about controlling the message strictly. It's about listening and facilitating the conversation with patients. You just mentioned it. This sounded like you view these reviews as a gift, as being able to understand what a consumer is going through, what a patient is going through when they are there at the facility, there at the clinic, there for an appointment. And you see that as a gift where I know not everyone out there quite understands that, that viewpoint. Tell us why you feel like it's a gift and how we can use that to benefit the patient experience. Oh my goodness. You hit the nail on the head there. It is a gift. It is this beautiful opportunity for us to be able to learn from our patients. They Oh gosh, they give us this gift by talking to us. They don't have to go online and tell us about their experience or inform us of their perception. They don't have to do that. They can keep it all in word of mouth. They can certainly keep it within their own circle. They don't have to share it with us, but they are, it is a privilege for us to be, to have this information shared with us. And I think the least we can do is is really listen to it and learn from it. That's true for positive and negative. I think a lot of people, when they hear us talk about this gift, this gift, that it's, it's always, you know, you can only look at it from the positive is a gift. Absolutely the negative responses, the negative comments, the private messages, the reviews that we receive, those are an even, I think they're an even rare and more precious gift because the people who complain online care enough. They care enough about your company. They care enough about your healthcare organization that they are reaching out to you and saying, essentially, I believe in you. Please do better. Here was our perception. Here's how you can continue to do better. Here's how you can help future patients. And that, that's what it's all about is helping, helping more people in the future. And these reviews allow us to do that in a more effective and caring manner. I need a dime. I ain't faking a phone. You crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Ultera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Ultera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey guys, this is Jared. Ultera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mm, not so heavenly, was it? By now you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ulterra Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. So have you seen the administration, senior leadership, marketing team, providers, clinical leadership... Have you seen them respond in the same way? Have they changed the way that they react to these reviews? So specifically 
specifically within Kindred, our program has been around since 2012. So most of our leaders kind of, they already get it. They've already kind of been indoctrinated into the program as it were. But what I'm seeing when I talk to other healthcare organizations, so outside of Kindred where we've been doing this for, for an age, when I talk to these other healthcare organizations, what I hear overwhelmingly over and over again is that leadership is getting it. The, you know, the, the, the leaders of the healthcare organization are getting it and they are having that effect where, and I, I hate to use the cliche term, but that trickle down effect is true. You get leaders and get their buy-in, get them to understand the importance. And I think more leaders are, are getting it. They're, they're certainly using reviews in their own life. They can't ignore the information that they're being provided. I think more and more leaders are starting to get it. They're coming on board and they're really wanting to do it, or at least what I'm finding is they really want to do it right. They want to make sure that when they build their programs within their systems, that they're doing so in a way that is respectful to the patient and is protecting, you know, that provides that protection to the patients as well as to the healthcare organizations. And, you know, when they get it, they certainly are a great, when they're, they're just a great partner to have in terms of getting the rest of everyone else on board, because I always say reputation management is a team sport. Everybody plays, you know, everybody is important to the success of the team. And that is, that's true in every healthcare organization, excuse me, every healthcare organization, because, you know, we all play a part. Every person in that organization plays a part in the patient's journey. And it's important that they all understand that their part is important and respected and loved and that it plays a part in their reputation program. So long story short with all that is that, yes, I am seeing that healthcare leaders are beginning to and really are starting to embrace the ORM programs across the board. Well, that's a positive step. I will say that. And, and it's, it's great to, to know that that momentum is happening because we all know that, that we can speak till we're blue in the face on the marketing side if we have not gotten that support. And so it's great to hear that, that's, that it's working and that, uh, that it is trickling down because that, we all know that it has to happen. I wonder if we kind of break it into two parts, kind of like the, the basics and then kind of the more advanced, almost like the 101 course, and like the 201 course, right? If we're talking the basics, if we have to kind of summarize, like what are, what are the key pieces that we talked about, like responses. So you have, we have to have a, a program and, a, and a, a procedure, like we have to have a way of responding. Uh, what other pieces are there if you're, someone's trying to understand the basics of online reputation management? Sure. I think you absolutely start with listening. Find the way to be able to listen to reviews, whether you're going to do that manually or if you're going to use a product, a tool that will help you streamline the entire excuse me, streamline the entire process. You want to start with listening. You know, there are dozens and dozens of tools out there. We listen to reviews and to social commentary, and we utilize all of that in our online reputation program. But specifically, start listening to Google. Start listening to Facebook. Listen to what your patients are saying. Start looking for trends. That is a little further down the road. But, you know, to begin with, start listening to your patients. Start responding to them in an empathetic way, as empathetic as you can get in healthcare, because as you, as you well know, it's, it's a, um, a tricky situation when you're trying to respond and protect PHI. So, we want to make sure that we are responding in a way that makes our patients or our reviewers feel heard. 
feel, you know, that we are serious about listening to them. So we absolutely want to start by listening and responding. You want to make sure that you work very closely with your communications team, with your legal and compliance teams, even with your IS teams to make sure that you have a method that is streamlined in its approach and that is approved on all levels. Because one of the worst things is to start responding only to have a another team member, maybe from the compliance department or the legal department, step in and have some concerns that weren't addressed beforehand. So absolutely work interdepartmentally to come up with some great responses, you know, two or three to begin with, that you can alternate, that you can rotate, and that you can utilize to kind of stretch and grow and use to respond to your patients and to the reviewers. Start there with that small listening and responding portion of it. I know that when you think ORM, you only think reviews, but you also have to think about your business listings, your actual Google and Facebook listening or listings. You have to be able to manage those because if a potential patient Googles you and the phone number they find is incorrect, you're done. You're not going any further. So you want to make sure that all of the listings that are associated with your business with your your healthcare organization are accurate on at the very least on on Google and Facebook. Those are kind of the number two number one and number two if you're going to start listening, if you're going to start managing business listings, start there and grow slowly as you can, as you can scale. But you absolutely need to make sure that all of the information that is found out about you online is accurate because that is all an important part of your ORM, your online strategy, and has to be maintained also. Nice. Okay, so those do feel like the the right kind of building blocks, the basics here. Once you've had the program going for maybe a few years or you know a couple of years, everyone's got kind of those pieces down, which we both know there's a lot of work to get to that point. But once you're at, you know, a little bit down further down the road, is there anything new or unexpected to keep in mind as you're trying to keep this program going? For me, it's growth. I always want to find new and better ways to better service our patients. And for me, it's how do we help our leaders? Because if I'm giving you reviews, if I'm sending you all of the reviews that, that we receive, you the leader, what you do with that information is important. But as an, an online reputation team member, we may not always have insight into that. We may not always know what happens after the review leaves your office, after it, it hits the leadership team's inbox, what happens. So we start looking at how do we follow up? How do we ensure that the loop is getting closed, that we are ensuring that service recovery is happening where it can, or that a recognition and acknowledgement for not just our patients, but our, our employees who are being mentioned in the positive reviews. Is that happening? How do we ensure that that continues? We start looking at, can we take all of these reviews and aggregate them into a report that is thematic, that helps our clinical operations leaders make decisions, helps to inform the decisions that they make in the future. Because when our online reputation, when these reviews and this program can work together with our clinical ops teams, with our team's uh, boots on the ground, that's when we start making a difference. And it isn't simply writing on the wall. It isn't us shouting at, at our leaders and saying, listen, it is when we start making changes and we start 
holding ourselves accountable across the board for these changes, for these positive implementations, and for looking at our themes and where we can continue to improve, where we can continue to to provide better patient care. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so true. You know, when you think about it, this is all about, in my mind, everything you've described is the way that we think of these reviews. It all comes back to that when we don't think this is something I have to do and I can't believe patients are giving us a one star. All I've heard you say, this theme has been because this is a gold mine that they're handing you and it's up to you to, to mm-hmm. mine through that, find these insights and do something with it. But it is possible when you get to that point to make something very positive out of it. And to do that, you have to know what the negative is. You have to know what they're saying. And so I, I think that is, that's such a the contemporary, modern, mature way of, of looking at it. And it comes through in everything you're saying here. So anything else about you know, from, from your day-to-day work or anything other trends that you're seeing that we haven't touched on yet about online reputation management? Well, this won't come as a surprise to anyone, but more and more consumers are utilizing reviews before making healthcare buying decisions. This isn't, this isn't new news, but I think the, the most recent research suggested that it's 87% of people who search online for healthcare information make a decision based on the information that you find that they find, that's not just reviews. And it's not just what people are saying. They're also looking at, is your information accurate? Does the healthcare organization care enough to respond to the reviews, to not just say thank you for these positive reviews, but to also say thank you for telling us you know, your, your concerns. Thank you for sharing this information with us. And then they're also looking at do the same reviews continue to come up? It's important that we show that we're listening and that we're making changes based on this information. So remember that it's not just reviews. It is the comments that are on your Facebook pages that are in the posts that you share that you work so hard to cultivate. It's in the accuracy of your online domains. It's in your interactions with patients across the board. Most consumers are looking at at least six reviews on each review platform before they navigate away. So make sure that you're doing the very best you can to present you know, an outlook to these potential patients that shows how caring your organization truly is, that shows that you, that you want to help, that that is truly what you're here for. That comes through across the board over and over and over again. And I just don't think there is enough that can be said with regards to remembering that your online sentiment, your online perception is your story. And it is our job as storytellers, healthcare marketers, to ensure that our story is as accurate a representation of the care that we provide as possible so that we can help as many people as possible. What's the 411? Hey, I'm Sean Gross, and here's the 411 for healthcare marketers. As we start the new year, I want to share a topic that Jared and I have talked about for a while. So last year, I saw this stat from Marketo that read, approximately 96% of visitors that come to your website are not yet ready to buy, but they may be willing to provide contact information in exchange for valuable content. Well, that stat got me curious and thinking more about our world of health system and hospital websites, 
so that in a recent client study, uh, this was for a pediatric hospital in the Midwest, I uncovered that about 80% of this hospital's website visitors were not yet ready to make an appointment. Now, keep in mind, this is just one system, and I invite all of you guys listening to Jared's podcast to do your own survey to see what results you find. And so what I'm really curious to get at is what do we do with the website visitors who come to our sites but are not yet ready to make an appointment? In my experience, and what excites me most right now in healthcare digital marketing as it relates to building marketing programs to attract prospective patients, uh, it's really twofold. There are two things on my mind. One, creating interactive two-way content experiences that are literally baked right into our hospital websites and using those content pieces as lead gen tools. And two, looking all throughout our organizations to uh, really digitize key functions or operations that are offered by departments and business units. For example, the health system health systems I've worked at, they all had departments like quality and safety, buildings and grounds, access and admitting, and I'm sure your organizations have those as well. And what I think us healthcare marketers can do is look everywhere across our organizations for interactive content inspiration. So if the number one purpose of hospital websites are to drive appointments, how do we measure and report on traffic that isn't ready to make one. In my left hand, here I've got uh, the first goal, schedule an appointment. And this is all about conversion-centric marketing. And in my right hand, the second goal, keeping a large percentage of visitors, the majority, ironically, of site traffic, engaged until they're ready for our services. And hopefully these audiences are gonna value the engagement, the content, and the functionality, but where do we go from here? And so what if, along with measuring appointments, we introduced a new goal into every hospital digital marketer's toolkit? And this way, hospital marketers could nurture a relationship with target audience, target audiences who, who weren't ready to make an appointment today so that when they need our services or a family member needs services, whether that be in three months or three years that our organization provides, our brand is top of mind. Now, before I say the next thing that's on my mind here, uh, I want to just get out of the way that I'm a big, firm believer in content marketing. Okay, now that I've said that, I also believe that we've hit peak hospital marketing content development. If the content pulls in traffic from search, but it can't convert those that are not yet ready to make an appointment, why are we creating it? And, and push back if I'm missing another example, because I definitely have heard myself and others say things like, our website is a content resource. It's like uh, WebMD or we're doing what Mayo is doing. And I get that. That's fine. But how many years should we give ourselves to develop that content? And even more importantly, how many years should a chief marketing officer listen to that from her digital team? My feeling is that once your hospital website has robust profiles, in-depth treatment programs, and even condition hubs, and these condition hubs, they're, they're slightly different than long-form condition and disease descriptions of uh, symptoms and causes and risk factors, and, and we can talk about more about what condition hubs are in a future podcast. I believe you're actually ready to develop interactive content experiences that gather personal user data and contact information. So finally, a caveat as we wrap up here, my thoughts on this topic are coming directly from the A-list players of B2B and B2C marketing. If you've ever purchased anything online, which I have a feeling you have, as a consumer or perhaps even a piece of B2B software for your MarTech stack at the office, then, then you know what I mean. 
These companies know how to marry demand gen, content marketing, marketing automation, and personalization. And if they can do it, so can we. I hope you found today's podcast to be helpful and inspiring. And should you have any questions for Jared or me, please don't hesitate to leave a comment on this post or DM either of us directly on LinkedIn. So, Amanda, I want to make sure listeners have a chance to know how to connect with you. If they want to, if they have a question for you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Please find me on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I utilize it all the time. And I find that it is a great place to continue conversations and to get to know people professionally. And I want to reiterate, just don't hesitate to to reach out. I love to talk to you guys. I love to talk to everyone. This is my thing. I, I like to talk. So let's get together. Um, find me there. And let's, let's continue the conversation. Thanks so much for joining us, Amanda. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jared. You have a great day. You too. Thanks for joining us this week. And don't forget to join the posse. Listen, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. Healthcare Wrap is an Altera digital production and a member of the Shift.Health network. So on behalf of Amanda and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap.